Bitcoin. Welcome to another POW market update. My name is Ansel Leonard. This is Bitcoin and Markets. This is not investment advice, people. Do your own research. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Bitcoin and Markets. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Look at Ripple. I'm rich, bitch. No, um, I didn't buy any Ripple. It's a scam. Don't bite off on it. Most traders lose. 90% of traders lose. So if you're if your plan is to like hedge into Ripple or hedge into Ethereum or or something like that, I mean, you could. You you could save five, maybe ten percent, uh, but you're gonna end up missing five or ten percent of Bitcoin's pump, right? So you're gonna end up even or below where you should be. Um, best thing is just buy and hold. It's very hard to pick tops and bottoms, but you can look at historical things um, and you always have stop loss. We've had multiple, multiple 30, 40% pullbacks. This last one, 46% was the biggest, um, but we're back up. We're back up. We, we've broken the downtrend line right around right around the, the day, to the day where I thought we would break that downtrend line. Um you know, I, I didn't know how we were going to get there, but that's where I had picked on my chart that this was going to break out around this level on this day. Anyway, follow me over at BTC MRKTS on Twitter. Thank you to all my new followers. Thank you to all my patrons. If you guys want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets. This is a unique show in Bitcoin, right? This is a fundamentals and a metrics show, a real not pie in the sky selling you ICOs show. This is a real fundamental show about what Bitcoin is. Um, I do some commentary at the end, but I try to give you a lot of metrics and sometimes they're silly metrics. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad, whatever. But listening to the show, you'll get an idea of some things that are going on in Bitcoin, some of the fundamentals that are happening. But do your own research. I link to a lot of things in the show notes. You can uh, go to YouTube. I post this on YouTube later on in the day. And you can get the links from there. You can always go to the SoundCloud comment, uh, SoundCloud show notes as well to get all the links that you want for that. Uh, anyways, so thank you for supporting the show, patrons. I have had a new patron corporate level sponsor. I put a new tier out there on Patreon for corporate people that want, want me to plug their show, uh, plug their product. Um, and of course, I'm going to vet them and not be pumping their ICO. So uh, I have had one company come in here and do this. I want to be very transparent with this. Um, they are my, one of my corporate sponsors on Patreon. They're zerosummarkets.com. And what they, what they do have here on their site, I've made an account. It's free to sign up. There's no um, geographic restriction from what I can see. It looks pretty good that way. It's free account. They have free daily contests like FX trading. And some of them are paid. Most of them are paid, but there are these free ones. And the paid contest entry fees are very small, like $1, $2, $3. Okay. And you just trade with the people in that contest. So if it's a four-person contest and you're just trading, uh, you know, JPY, USD pair, then you can do that. That's, that's pretty cool. It's small pots. Maybe when they get more people on here, there'll be more expensive contests, but right now it looks pretty good. I, I think it's, it's probably going to turn out to be a good learning tool 
pretty cheap way to learn. Uh, so check out zerosummarkets.com, corporate level sponsor. Moving on, let's jump into the prices. Um, well, the big news is Ripple. Ripple's pumped up, uh, but I touch on that in the commentary section. So let's just talk about prices and things. Um, okay, so Bitstamp is at 14550 right now. We, we are about $1,000 below where we were just 12 hours ago. We broke the downtrend resistance uh, on the chart from this pullback, and now we're moving up. We've hit into a resistance area in price that I had around um, starting at about 15.5 up to 16.5. That's resistance on my chart. And just from previous time spent in that area and previous rejections, this is our fourth rejection from that resistance. But I think we will push through it. Okay, I do think within the next day we're going to push through that and be up higher. But Will we go down a thousand and back up three thousand? I don't know. So trade carefully. Do your own research. This is not investment advice. Uh, okay. So one finny is a dollar forty-five cents. One finny is one ten thousandth of a bitcoin. I think in the future the finny is going to be roughly a good meal in the West. Every purchase that you make uh, is going to be under a finny most likely. Some of those bigger purchases might be one or two finnies, but I can see this being about hundred dollars from what it is right now okay so every purchase you conceptually see that would be less than a finny but it's a pretty good marker of value and if that's the case a satoshi is a penny so you could easily see how you could quote it in satoshis or finnies any purchase that you make anyways okay mayor multiple that is the price divided by the 200 day moving average and this at 2.28. So we are totally 100% not in a bubble. We are not overbought. Most likely we are oversold here. This can easily range between three to five. And we are under that range. Anything under two is definitely oversold. Um, anything over five or six is overbought. Anyways, okay. Three month features, 15, 570. And that is about a $1,000 premium. Healthy. This is obviously the Bitcoin settled futures. That's a 6.8% spread, which is healthy. If you're looking, you know, 15,500, we were just there 12 hours ago. Uh, we're definitely going back there with, before March. So uh, CME futures, this is just uh, the front month. So January is 14,570. This is very interesting. Um, there, there's not really, ha there hasn't been really any premium here at all, even though it's one month out. And if you look at the Bitcoin settle futures, even for the weekly, uh, there's always some sort of spread, but this CME three month or one month future seems to be barely a $20 spread at this point. That's what 0.1%. That's nothing. So that's very interesting. Tell me what you guys think about that. Tell me in the comments or on Twitter. Um, comments are good. I'm trying to get more comments right now. So comment on this wherever you are listening. Okay, market metrics. The market cap for Bitcoin, 251 billion. The global Bitcoin market cap, 765 billion. Thanks in part to Ripple. Thank you, Ripple. 
everybody is saying there's going to be a ripple flipping. And in fact, there has been a ripple flipping. There's 100 billion ripples. And ripple is at $3.80 on coin market cap. That's average. So their real market cap of ripple is 380 billion. Bitcoin's is 250. Of course, the difference is that ripple, like last year, they quote unquote locked away 60% of their ripple or something. And so 60% of that market cap, for some reason, is not counted. And they, they release a billion ripples a month <laughs> that they can dump on you. Oh, Okay, so that's the global Bitcoin market cap. The maximalist price for Bitcoin, that's, of course, this global market cap divided by outstanding Bitcoins, $45,600. $45,000. That is if it was just Bitcoin and the market cap for all the whole crypto space, the whole Bitcoin space was the same, then each Bitcoin would be worth that. And that is, I've said this so many times, that's a stretch goal. It's going to get there. All that money that's going into Ripple and Ethereum right now, it's not going to stay there long, okay? Bitcoin is being attacked on many fronts right now. Many, many fronts. And the price is still trickling upward. I, I watched on the chart the other day. Um, like, you know, when you're watching the chart, you check it every 30 minutes or whatever, and you see, it, oh, we're getting to like a critical support, and we need a bounce here. It's probably going to bounce here. We're going back up and we want the chart to look right and we want it to um, follow our narrative that we're making about the market and then there's a one minute candle with like 250 bitcoins market sold and the price dumps $500 I mean there are people trying to push this price down yet bitcoin comes back bitcoin bounces back people buy the name of the game is bitcoin accumulation and Maybe I'll rant about that some more in the commentary. Anyways, um, okay, uh, two not-so-good statistics about Bitcoin here are the the um, dollar value Bitcoin on-chain Bitcoin transacted. The dollar value of that uh, is $2.8 billion. That's low. That's about half of where I want to see it. And the average transaction value on-chain is only 7200 That is also half of what I would like to see. So that's interesting. Let's take a look at the fees and things, uh, the mempool. Let's jump, jump spots. So mempool is looking pretty crowded again. There is some transact, some spam transactions. If you go to Joho site where you see the, you know, the rainbow chart of the mempool, we are now at around 30 megabytes of one Satoshi per byte transactions in the mempool. But at the same time, most of these other transactions that didn't have a chance to confirm. I mean, Bitcoin was chewing through these. We were chewing through the 50 Satoshi per transaction. Sorry, 50 Satoshis per byte transactions. The network was chewing through those. Handling the new transactions just fine. Fees were getting low. We hadn't gotten to the 30 Satoshis per byte transactions yet, but we were chewing through them. We're getting there. Give, you know, give us another week and we would have been all the way down probably into these five Satoshi per transaction. Oh, God damn it. Five Satoshi per byte transactions. Um, but we didn't get a chance to get there because spam backing up the network. That's really interesting. And during spam attacks, you would expect 
the amount, the average size transaction to be higher. Uh, and you would expect the amount of volume on chain to be higher. So that's pretty interesting. But I mean, people are holding right now. This was right after a dump. I wonder if you go back in time to after previous dumps. It probably there's a period of massive holding that's going on. And so those two metrics are probably lagging. I would expect they're lagging by a week to two weeks. If you guys know better than that, let me know because this is not, this is pseudoscience. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so that's the mempool. And those statistics about the average transaction value and the on-chain transaction, uh, on-chain volume, um, those are low. So hopefully we'll see what happens in the next week. Hopefully those come back up. But there's nothing to be worried about right now, okay? All right, Bitcoin difficulty. Over the last three difficulty adjustments, so for newbies that are listening, uh, the difficulty on Bitcoin retargets, it adjusts to keep the blocks at about 10 minutes, right? At 10 minutes. And so as you add more computers and hash rate to the network, they find blocks a little bit faster and the network calculates that and will readjust automatically every two weeks, roughly it's every 2016 blocks. Um, but the last three have been positive. We had an 18%, then a 17%, and last we had a 3%. Uh, these are huge gains in the face of the attack that known as Bcash that's out there. And right now, it's estimated that we go up another uh, 13% in eight days. So the Bitcoin hash rate is exploding. This is a lagging indicator, I always say. So this is catching up from that huge run we had at the end of last year. And also, the resiliency that we're seeing right now makes people confident when they're buying equipment for three four months ahead of time delivery. Um, the resiliency in the price makes people confident and they're bringing hash rate online right now. Let's take a look at uh, fork.lol. They have good metrics. They just revamped their website too. Bcash. They've had, let's see, it's a, it's approximately 8% of the network right now. Um, so that means 92%, 91% is on Bitcoin. That's, that's healthy because that is, I, I think that there can be about 5% ideological mining. So 5% of miners don't care about getting max profitability. As long as they're making a little bit of money, they're going to stay on their ideological fork. But there's also maybe 5 to 10% that can switch or that, that switches back and forth. And it takes them a little while to switch and then come back to Bitcoin. They switch to Bcash when it's more profitable. And then it takes them a little while to come back to Bitcoin. Uh, so you know, between 5 to 10% is where we're going to see this until the price of Bcash drops. And that's coming. All their cards have been played, right? Roger Ver has been on CNBC and pumped. The Coinbase has added Bcash trading. And they have not released everyone's Bcash quite yet to sell. And there's all sorts of tricks and little things happening. I, I have heard some rumors in the grapevine that they're going to pump this one more time. That's possible. But right now the price is slipping down to 16% of Bitcoin's price. So probably going to slip more. There might be one more pump. But as Bcash drops in value relative to Bitcoin, this might this hash rate will drop. And the, the end result is going to be a, a, a forked network with one-tenth of one percent of the hash rate of Bitcoin. That's how it's going to be.
And it was so funny. Somebody, I don't know if it was Mr. Hoddle, somebody on Twitter uh, quoted a tweet from Ryan X. Charles uh, from back in August, like August 15th. And he said, like, <laughs> that Bcash was going to slowly take over the hash rate and that Bitcoin was going to have to fork, hard fork, to change the algorithm by the end of the year. Emergency hard fork. And it's so funny that these people have any credibility whatsoever. Any credibility whatsoever. But I'm going to touch on that in the commentary too. What's next? Talked about mempool. Talked about difficulty. Uh, let's talk about some merged PRs here, people. So Bitcoin, the development of Bitcoin never stops. It never... It is the, the highest rate of development out of any crypto project that I've seen. I mean, there are weeks where Bitcoin drops below Ethereum, but on most weeks, uh, most time periods, Bitcoin is developed at least 25% more, has 25% more merged pull requests than, uh, than Ethereum for their kind of uh, reference client. Of course, there's tons and tons of de developer activity on Lightning right now on other things the other layers other private uh, implementations of bitcoin so lots and lots of activity okay so what do we have from december 28th to january 4th so the last seven days bitcoin has had 14 merged pull requests and 10 closed issues and again that includes the new year so this probably below where it would be okay next otc volume guys this has dropped quite a bit if you listen to the show, you'll know that uh, localbitcoins.com, great place to go buy some bitcoins or sell bitcoins if you are so inclined. There's a nice premium there. So if you're a seller, you can get a nice premium on your coins. But uh, last week, it had a gigantic new all-time high of $133 million worth of bitcoins transacted through their website. And this week, we've seen a, a big pullback in that, down to uh, $88 million worth of Bitcoin transacted. But of course, this week has all of the holidays in it. So that's probably lower than we're going to see over the next few weeks of the, the first few weeks of the year. And we see this pattern. I mean, it grows in these spurts. So um, the volume grows drastically. We have a nice big all-time high. Then it takes a few weeks pulls back a little bit and then it takes off again it's this exponential curve beautiful exponential curve if you look at it on um, the link i have in the show notes but that's not the only place to buy otc you can also buy otc at paxful i'm gonna look at paxful's volume charts they are not at all-time highs either they're kind of struggling i mean paxful's kind of a neat site that i went to i don't know their political bent but I like that they're offering competition. They offer different ways to buy and sell Bitcoins. I think you can actually buy with gift cards. Um, so you you have gift cards to major retailers, and you can turn those into Bitcoin. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. There's multiple ways, like 10 to 20 ways to buy Bitcoin on Paxful. So check out Paxful if you're interested. Yeah, they're sitting at $9 million worth transacted. Their all-time high is 10. So... That's pretty good. Less of a pullback on Paxful than on local Bitcoins, but that's fine. Whatever. They're doing good work. I like them. LedgerX, I have not looked at their volume this week. Um, usually what I do is I just go into the daily volume and, and uh, log that and pretty easy add it up. 
boom, boom, boom. You get the, the volume for the week. But again, it's been over the holidays, so it's probably pretty low, I'm guessing. I'll be back to that here in the uh, near future. So that's the state of the OTC market, the over-the-counter trading, peer-to-peer. Like local Bitcoins, you go and meet somebody in your city. Or you use localbitcoins.com as escrow, and you send cash. Or the buyer can send a money order or whatever in the mail, and then you can release the Bitcoins later. Now, really true peer-to-peer exchanges, bisq.network, bisq.network, plug, 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 try out bisq.network, bisq. All right, that's all I have for fundamentals. Hope that was interesting. Um, lots of people have talked to me and say, hey, add this, add that. Um, I try to add as much as I can, but I want to keep it kind of relatively concise and have something to say about the metric. So um, that's uh, keep keep telling me what you guys want to hear. All right, let's go on to some stories. Okay, so we have this market cap attack. And that's what Ripple is. That's what Ethereum is. Everybody's talked about the flippening. The flippening is going to happen. Well, the flippening has happened. Ripple, if you take all of their supply that's really there and you multiply it by the price, they passed Bitcoin a long time ago. <laughs> so it is here. And this is a market cap attack. They're trying to say, look, this is the market cap. This is the, obviously the market puts this much value into Ripple. And so it is better than Bitcoin. But that's not the case. Bitcoin is the only decentralized network out there. It has the most decentralization by far. It is very hard to change. And a lot of people use that as a spear against Bitcoin, saying the Bitcoin development has stagnated. Well, that's not the case. Remember those PRs that I quote now every show? The merges onto the Bitcoin code? Bitcoin development is the most active. It's the most active. Bitcoin has not stagnated. Consensus changes. That means changes of the underlying rules of Bitcoin are very hard to change for good reason. If you have, if you hear somebody say, oh, we have quote unquote good governance, that means they're vulnerable to attack. See, see Bitcoin has been under a social engineering attack for over a year if not two or three years since Mike Hearn rage quit, right? And Bitcoin is under these attacks from the financial press, from uh, internal fork attempts, politics. That is an attack. These people are literally trying to hurt Bitcoin. Now, if that, if you have quote unquote good governance, those people have a lot more pull and a lot more um, say in what happens in your network. And they can have some propaganda. They can spend $5 million on propaganda and change your goddamn network. Right? Bitcoin, you can't do that. And we've proven that. Now, I've also heard a um, a slight about that it's centralized around core, core developers, people that control the core quote, the core repo. But that is not the case either. And we've showed that last year by the user-activated soft fork. So 
Segwit had massive technical support from the technical community. It's a tour de force. It was beautiful and brilliant. Okay. And everybody from a technical, technical perspective thought it was awesome. I mean, 99%. Okay. And that's how you have to change things. You get, you get consensus is the lack of sustained resistance when it comes to development. So if you want to get consensus in the development community, you just have to have lack of sustained resistance that isn't addressed. So like if you say, but X, Y, Z, and then someone comes back and says, well, X isn't a problem because of this. Y isn't a problem because of this. And Z isn't a problem because of this. So you've explained that and 99% of people agree with you, right? So you've addressed these concerns. That doesn't count as sustained resistance because it has been addressed. So consensus in development is lack of sustained resistance. Uh, that's whatever. So Segwit had the support of the technical community. It had it was fought by businesses, including Bitmain, which are minor is a minor that is a business, but um, Coinbase, uh, Blockchain.info, some of these larger legacy Bitcoin businesses that you know they they have stagnated. And they to help their business model, they don't want Lightning and Segwit. They want on-chain scaling to help their business model. So they were against it. The technical com community was for it. Businesses were against it. We we're at a stalemate. Well, the users came in and did a user-activated soft fork. And most of the core developers were against it. There was a few like Eric Lombroso that came out, Luke Dash Jr. that came out. A few and said they preferred this user-activated software. But most of them said no. They said, oh, well, it's acceptable if it happens. But they thought it was too dangerous. So that proved that Bitcoin is not controlled by the developers. And then also, even if you believe 2x got a segue, like Garzik and some of these other people will say, then again, you have to say that Core is not in charge. Because... The 2X got us SegWit, not Core. That it didn't matter what Core wanted until the businesses said, okay, with 2X. So either way you slice it, either way the divide that you come out on this user-activated software or 2X got a SegWit, you have to say the Core didn't get a SegWit. So Core is not in charge of Bitcoin. Um, but that's good. That's very hard to change the code. Because that's an attack vector. Anyway, back to the market attack, so market cap attack. Um, so they're trying to capture the imagination of people, capture the newbies, the new money coming in. They want them to invest in Ripple and things. But any like cursory examination of Ripple shows you that it's a bullshit project. It's it's just a dot com. It's a pets dot com. Okay, and any like savvy investor is going to come in and and not buy. Even today, you see all of these really large uh, investment funds, endowments, um, uh, high, high net worth individuals, they are investing in Bitcoin and maybe Ethereum. But they're not investing in Ripple. Okay. And a lot of those people are going to stop investing in Ethereum because it's not going anywhere. And they have many, comp there's Ethereum 2.0s now. And the thing about Ethereum is that there's all these developers, there's all of this push behind Ethereum, but it's not going anywhere. And they, they can't secure a goddamn contract. That's the market cap attack. 
it's not going to work. And eventually when Ripple, when there's no more buyers, um, it's all going to come flooding back into Bitcoin. It's also like an interesting perspective to say that these people are purposely, their goal, their end goal is to accumulate Bitcoin. So instead of, there, there's two possibilities. Either their end goal is to destroy Bitcoin, which is likely, I think. Their secondary goal would just be accumulating Bitcoin. And they're going to accumulate Bitcoin at the expense of all these people that are buying their damn bullshit propaganda about Ripple. Anyway, you slice it, this is an attack on Bitcoin. It's an attack on Bitcoin holders and Bitcoin um, users. That's that. All right, let's talk about Lopcoin here. This is another part of this market cap attack. So Jameson Lop, everybody knows him. He's a great guy. He's, uh, uh, works at BitGo. And he had a tweet out. He has a tweet out about Lop. He created Lopcoin, and there's like 21 trillion uh, Lop coins. That's the supply. And he sold one to his grandma or something for $1. Okay? So that means... It has a market cap of $21 trillion. And I said, I re I responded, I said, hey, I'll buy 100 at $2. Let's pump this. So that's how these pumps go. That is a market cap attack against Bitcoin. And Zuko, he's long, long time cryptographer. He's been around for a long time. I actually respect his work from the past. And I do respect his work currently with, with Zcash. But I, I don't like Zcash. Anyways, he says that, uh, you know, when you measure things by market cap, that incentivizes people to compete on market cap. So you're going to get more of these type of bullshit pump and dumps when you measure market cap. And I said this way, way back when they started the Bitcoin dominance index. I said, this is not a good thing. This is not a good measure. And I remember it was Eric Voorhees and CoinCap, I think, that started this whole freaking dominance index. And it fits into his business model, right? He wants them to compete. He wants there to be competitors to Bitcoin. He wants to hurt Bitcoin with competitors and push up his volumes on Shapeshift. And that's where this whole dominance index got started in my memory. That's how I remember that could be wrong, of course. But anyway, so Lopcoin is out there, $21 trillion market cap right now. And we're going to pump it up to a quadrillion dollar market cap. Woo woo. Okay, another story I have here. This is not market cap attack, but this is a uh, the Ghana Central Bank is interested in doing Bitcoin reserves, or at least they're not poo-pooing it. Um, a guy, he's high up in one of the biggest banks in Ghana. He started pushing this, that they need to get reserves of uh, Bitcoin reserves, 1% of their reserves, which is probably really small, uh, granted. But um, this is just another step in that direction of hyper-Bitcoinization. Bulgaria has $3 billion. They have not sold it. Yeah, of course, they got it by seizing it, but lots of governments are going to get their Bitcoin by seizing it. Um, and Ghana is talking about actually buying it as a reserve. I think this is just, like I said, another step. Max Kaiser retweeted me, and I ended up, that tweet blew up, so that's pretty cool. Next thing is proof of work in society. Now, if you guys follow Tour Demistri, you probably do. He... Awesome, awesome guy from what I've seen. I've never met him in person. I hope to meet him someday. But um, he has a tweet out there about how in the 19th century, you know, we had the everyone wore a suit or nice shoes. They, they went to the shoeshine boys and got their, shoe, their shoes polished. They had top hats, whatever. Um, 
but this was all virtue signaling. It was all signaling, social signaling of proof of work, right? Like they put in the effort to look good. They put in the money to look good. They're able to put in the money to look good. And that goes for even today. We have nice suits. We have nice cars. It's all proof of work. Like either I am so rich that I can afford this or I'm so smart or I've I've made a lot of money, whatever. It's all proof of work signaling. And I think this is super fascinating. Um, Another thing, if you guys go to the Nakamoto Institute, they have some, they have a piece, I think it was from last year, two years ago about proof of work in nature. So, uh, you know, the males of different species, they'll have displays and those displays will serve no functional purpose. They'll actually be a hindrance to their survival, <laughs> like the peacock tail. It actually hurts that bird's survival, makes it easy prey, uh, makes it not fly as well, etc., etc. But it signals its health to the female because it can waste that amount of energy to produce that display. It's proof of work. But they can waste energy. That is proof that they've wasted energy. And that's very, very interesting. Um, I don't think Satoshi was thinking about these things. Or um, that Adam Back, because Adam Back's who came up with proof of work. I don't think Adam Back was thinking about this necessarily. Um, he was just thinking about ways to prevent spam. And proof of work was a natural um, solution to that. But it's really, really interesting when you look at nature and how it's sustainable in nature. It really is sustainable in nature. It's going to be sustainable in Bitcoin as well. So there's that. I linked to Tour's tweet in my show notes. Shout out to Hacker Noon. I linked to this in my show notes from Beauty On. This is great stuff. I'm just going to read a little blurb here that he tweeted out, but check out the article for sure in the show notes. Bitcoin survival is proof that what you think about all of this is probably 100% wrong. The hysterical voices for blockchain, not Bitcoin, KYC, AML, and every other nonsense have all been proven wrong. The people who had it right were right all along. It is those people, and there have been many of them, who you should be listening to, not your inner circle of backslappers. That is 100% correct. These people, most people, like Ryan X. Charles that I talked about earlier, they've been wrong every step of the way. Every step. And most of these people that you see on Twitter that are either have zero followers or 40 followers of bots, of shills, um, they are wrong. Look at the people that have been right every step of the way. And I haven't been right every single time, but I have been right a majority of the time. And other people, other good actors in the space have been right almost every step of the time. Not that they are like oracles, but they have the right thought process about all this. You need to find these people. I mean, at least learn from them. Don't believe them 100%. Don't ever believe oracles. Do your own research. But you should maybe start learning the stuff that the people that have been right are telling you to learn, right? Or start with the, the link. The, <laughs> the first link you should start with is the link from the person that has been right multiple times throughout this whole thing. Not going to and biting off on the things from people that have been wrong every step of the way. Wrong. Roger Ver, wrong. Ryan X. Charles, wrong. Uh, Gunseer, wrong. Every step of the way. There's 100 people I could list there. They're all on the blockchain, not Bitcoin. 
but Bitcoin is a protocol. It's competing for network effects. And if you want to go off on this trajectory, the startup tangent, go ahead. But people have been right all along. That's who you should be listening to. Okay, rant over. Bitcoin. One more thing before I go. I've been asked, like, what is the purpose of Bitcoin? Because it's not payments. Like right now, it's not payments. The purpose of Bitcoin, we were told it was freaking a payment service. Quote, unquote, we were told that's what they'll say. People, enemies of Bitcoin will say that. But we were told it's payment service and now it can't be used for payments because the fees. Like what is Bitcoin? What What is its purpose at all? And my response to that is Bitcoin is meant to grow. Bitcoin is meant to grow. It will grow to the size of its environment. And maybe these uh, altcoins kind of push the bubble around Bitcoin bigger and then Bitcoin will grow out to fill that bubble. And then maybe there's something else that pushes the bubble out and Bitcoin will grow out to that size. But Bitcoin is an organism that wants to survive. It wants to grow. That is its purpose being alive is to grow. You're either growing or dying, right? That's a business type of saying. You're either growing or dying. Well, once Bitcoin is so big and it can't necessarily grow as much, you know, is it going to start dying? And I say, no, it's always going to grow about 5% a year because a healthy world GDP will grow about 5% a year. That's sustainable. The free market will grow at 5% a year or so worldwide, worldwide. So Bitcoin will grow at that rate and Bitcoin to grow Bitcoin. It incentivizes people to go out and push the limits. Bitcoin controls your thoughts in a way. It makes you want to go out and make Bitcoin better so that your investment goes up. It's going to push the boundaries on everything, every industry. Socially, it's going to push the boundaries. Where Bitcoin takes us socially is a very interesting thing to think about. But economically, Bitcoin incentivizes innovation. It incentivizes expansion and wealth creation. And so when these people, people like you and me, go out there and create value, create value at 5% a year overall for GDP of the world, Bitcoin going to grow out 5% a year. I truly think that once there's this hyper-Bitcoinization, Bitcoin will still grow at single-digit percent a year. So, in value, at least. Okay, so that's it, guys. All I have for today. Thank you for listening. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Thank you. Thank you to all my patrons. Check out zerosummarkets.com. There's a link in the show notes. So have fun with that. Uh, sign up for a free account and check it out. See what you guys think. All right. Peace.